Okay, so last week we talked about program evaluation and I hope that you feel better about measuring your impact of your programs. But today I wanna help you apply an evaluation lens to your processes and your operations. Now, if you haven't yet, I did do a video on standard operating procedures, so you can go back and look at that. But hopefully you've written some SOPs and you have some procedures and the worst thing you can do is have them sitting on a shelf somewhere and nobody follows them and you're not ensuring that those procedures and policies are actually making you run like a well-oiled machine, right? They're supposed to help you improve your quality and your efficiency. So you need to build an evaluative measures so that you can make sure you're being as efficient as possible and you're not just doing a policy to do a policy. So let's talk about evaluating our processes. Welcome to episode 15 of the Harvesting Results Show where I help you serve others by giving you tools, resources, advice so that you can nurture your roots to harvest the fruits of all that hard work and dedication you have for your unique cause. I'm Rebecca Britt, your host, and today we are talking about process evaluation, okay? so. There's program evaluation, which really matters because that's going to help you demonstrate your impact of what you do. Are your programs really achieving the result that you're trying to achieve? But there's all these internal processes you have, and if you are not evaluating those, then you may be missing out on making sure that you're running more efficiently and at a higher quality, right? Okay, so. If you haven't yet snagged your free class to the master's class of top three mistakes that nonprofit startups make, I want you to go grab that. It's my gift to you. It's at katulo.com slash startup. Okay, so today we're talking about process evaluation. So what are processes good for? Processes help us be efficient and they help us maintain quality of our services. And if you, even if you don't have any SOPs written out and you're like, we don't have any policies or procedures, we don't have any processes. Well, you do because you do things in your organization. You have a way, a set way that you do things. They may not be written out, but you do stuff. You have a way of working. You have a way of working together in your organization. And those are your processes. You should get those written out in a way that you think upholds the highest quality and efficiency. And again, you can go back and watch that SOP video. But the first thing that you want to do to evaluate your current processes is, what am I gonna say? Step back, define your goal. Every process needs to have a goal, right? Because why do we do things? I'm sure we have all been part of organizations or, or places of work where we have a policy, but we have no clue why we do them. It's just the way that we do them. We never ask the question of like, why do we set the chairs up this way? But it was just the way that everybody did them. So it's the way that we do them. That's not why we want procedures. We don't want procedures just to do them a certain way. Not only do we want to do them in an intentional way, but we want all of the people that are following these processes and procedures to know why they do them that exact way. So this can help with some onboarding training when you're teaching people about your SOPs. Make sure that you have a goal. Why must we do things this way? Maybe you are upholding your value of empathy by responding to everybody with a smile and with, oh my goodness, I am so sorry you're going through this. Like 
whatever the general language is, you say, this procedure is written so that we uphold our value of empathy. And then the procedure has to do with how you respond to emails to your community. Okay, so the goal can be pretty easy of why you need to do it. So now that you have the actual process, right, you have it written out and you have the why you need to do it that way, you have the goal, you need to develop a process for you to see how it is done in real life. So I'm sure that you have worked somewhere in the past where when you're getting trained, they say, oh, well, technically we're supposed to do it like this, but we don't actually do it that way. We just go the easy way. And there's a bunch of staff that have creative workarounds because the policy doesn't actually match what makes sense or is reasonable. So you need to make sure that your policies are reasonable. And one way you do that is by evaluating them. And one way you evaluate them is figuring out how you can watch the process happen in real life. Now, you can do this by doing checklists. So having a checklist for somebody to follow a procedure. Did they do this, 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 and actually go down the actual checklist and see if they did all of the things. You can observe people. So actually observe it, how it's happening. Look at the policy and procedure and then try to do it. Does it, all the steps make sense? Is it the most efficient way to do it? Is there a more efficient way to do it? Could we change the policy and the procedure to actually match what we do? Okay. So starting with what you do is really where you want to go. Okay. Or you can observe, like observe how your staff or your volunteers or yourself observe how you do things so that you can see if it matches what you said you should do. And if it doesn't match, does it need to, because you're breaking down quality and you need to go back to, we need to uphold this policy the way it's written. Or is it like, let's just change it so that it matches what we actually do because what we do is pretty darn great. And this is really what can help, you know, when you have volunteers or staff, a lot of times they make things more efficient than, than you. They knew a better way. And so you go, you know what, Sally, I noticed that you don't do this the way the policy is written, but it looks like you found a pretty cool way to do it. I'm going to learn from, from you and I'm going to adjust the policy to be the way that you do it so that we're going to be more efficient because I see that the quality is still the same, even if we cut out these things. This also helps people feel a more sense of ownership over their role there because you're like, Hey, I noticed that you had something valuable to contribute and we're going to change the whole way we do things because of you. So giving that feedback is really, really important. Another way that you can evaluate your processes is just by gaining feedback, ask people, have conversations, say, does this process work? Is there a better way that we could do this? Are we, tr are we upholding the quality that we say we should uphold? So a lot of times something comes up, you know, we might say, okay, to, to, to support emails, we have to respond within 24 hours, but by responding within 24 hours, we're starting just like, Hey, sorry, you have a support issue. Uh, you know, we'll be back to you within 48 hours. Okay, so now you get to say that you respond to everybody within 24 hours, but you don't do it in a very empathetic way and you have lost all of your quality, right? And your staff might say, we're trying so hard to get these responses in 24 hours, but it doesn't allow us to keep the quality. So can we change something? So now 
you change something. Maybe you keep the 24 hours, but you, you get more staff. Maybe you switch it to 48 hours. You know, maybe you change the policy and the procedure, but it allows you to have those conversations so that you're not just hitting your marks, right? Because one of the things about evaluation is you can hit your marks. You can hit the fact that you were able to respond to all your support emails within 24 hours. But if you don't do it well, then it's not working. So you need to have quality checks in there, not only for is it being done, but how well is it being done and is the quality that you intended being upheld. So check in with your processes. I want you to actually set time aside quarterly, monthly, whenever it makes sense to go and observe how are people doing? What do we sound like on the phone? How are we answering emails? How are we doing staff meetings? Do staff meetings make sense? Ask the question, observe, get feedback. Again, this isn't compliance. This is not you as the executive director listening in on a phone call to say, Samantha, you're not upholding our value of empathy. No, this is us being like, oh, okay, maybe I haven't given enough training on that. Hmm, how could I do better at maybe freeing up your plate so that you have the capacity to be empathetic because gosh, it's hard to be empathetic when you have a million things you need to get to and then somebody calls with a crisis and you pick up the phone and all you can think about is all these other metrics for success you're supposed to be keeping up with, but then you just have to pause and be completely present with somebody on the phone. Is that reasonable? So if anything, when our processes are breaking down, it really should make us look at ourselves as leaders. What tools have we given people to be able to fulfill these processes? How much feedback have we gotten from them? We have all worked somewhere probably where it seems like the person that made the policy or the procedure has never actually done the job. So one of the best ways that you can evaluate your processes and procedures is do it. You pick up the phone next time. You talk to somebody, you figure out, you know, how do you uphold that standard of empathy? You write the emails, you go through your checklist of what you said somebody should do. Is it completely crazy that you need to copy and paste everything and add it to this Google sheet and then you need to loop in another staff member? Like, is what you're asking somebody to do, is it ridiculous? You want to actually do it yourself. And this allows you to lead by example too because people will see you, your staff will see you actually doing it. And the best way to argue to somebody that this is the way it should be done is, dude, I do it this way, okay? So if I can get it done this way, you can get it done this way. It's not that hard and it's our standard. So you can hold people accountable a lot easier if you do it and it's not a problem for you. So let's recap. You want to develop a process for tracking how your processes are happening. So if you actually have, um, you know, somebody doing support calls, how are you tracking whether or not they're picking up the phone, whether or not they're actually responding within a certain amount of time, how quickly they're responding. Um, if it's setting up your organization in the morning for clients to come in, how are they doing that? Actually track who's turning on the lights, when are they turning on the lights, how are they turning on the lights? All those things should be tracked somehow so that you can look back and go, is the procedure and process being followed? And you can evaluate, is this the best use of our time? Then you want to 
gather feedback from everyone. Do these processes still make sense? Do we need to revisit them? This can just be like ongoing. Um, this can be in a staff meeting. You can do an annual review of your policies and processes. You can ask staff once in a while, what processes do we have that we never do? What are things that we said that we were gonna do that we never have time for, we never prioritize, we never do it? And then make a plan to do something about it. Do you need to scrap it? Do you need to revisit it? Do you need to adjust things so people have time to do it? Have those conversations. But people get frustrated by processes. Staff and volunteer get frustrated by things that don't work right, communication breakdowns. These are all things that can eat your organization from the inside out and really cause culture issues. And the best anecdote to culture issues is communication. So talk about it, ask them to offer feedback. And you know what? You don't need to have all the solutions. If they're like, it sucks that we have to do this, it doesn't make any sense, then say, heard that, what do you think would work? They will probably have the best solutions. And then you're like, mm, well, I can't allow you to come in at 10 a.m., but maybe we could dot, dot, dot and have a conversation about how this is going to work for everyone, okay? And then as an executive director, you can also say, guys, this is why we do it this way. And if you really need to uphold like, no, this is the way it's done, sorry, your feedback isn't going to be taken into account, then you can say, this is why we do it the way and get them bought back into the mission and the standard and the quality. And then you have people that are like, they do the policy to the T because they know why they're supposed to be doing it. They feel proud of that quality of work that they are delivering. They, and they believe that they are fulfilling your mission the way that you wanted. So those are your jobs, okay? As an executive director, you have to not just set the policy, you have to evaluate the policy, you have to get people bought into the way you do things and why, and then you need to be flexible and you need to be nimble and ready to take on feedback and do things better and more efficient and with, with more quality if you need to change those things, okay? Don't wanna be rigid. Do not forget to grab your free master's class at katulo.com slash startup. And in the comments, let me know what's a process that you recently revamped? What's a process that you were like, we tried this and we realized it wasn't working at all and so we switched it to this, okay? I wanna hear about all your revamped policies. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful. See you next week.